0: This is the text-to-speech podfic reading of Sirius and his very good friend, by Fruity Individual. Chapter 1, Always Harry couldn't quite believe the sequence of events that led him to his seat at the kitchen table at 12 Grimmauld Place. He'd received the letter from the ministry only yesterday, that he was allowed to come live with his godfather. And he'd only just finished reading the letter when the low rumble of a motorbike echoed through the quiet street outside No. 4 Privet Drive and thick, black boots kicked open the front door. And now, Harry's cold hands gripped a steaming cup of tea as he studied the man sitting across from him. His face betrayed his age, dark circles and jutting cheekbones making him seem older than thirty-five. His black hair was muted, and a permanent worry tugged at the corners of his lips but his eyes were those of a boy, bright and sharp. Sirius Black was a puzzle, as Harry had come to know. So, Harry tried for casual conversation. How are things? Sirius's lips now tugged upwards in sly, secret amusement. Fair. Harry sipped his tea quietly. So much hung heavily in the air between them. There was so much history that Harry had never been privy to, a cavernous past that settled into every word serious said, every glance. As though the man was reliving his early years through Harry's very existence, through the history between him and those Harry had never had a chance to know. History that ran deep like the soil outside, soaking up every bit of the torrential rain pouring over London that night. The silence was uncomfortable, the awkwardness was palatable, painful. And then the front door creaked open and Sirius was out of his chair in a flash, darting out of the kitchen and towards the foyer. Harry turned in his seat as he heard the hushed murmurings of two men. Feeling alright? Grand. He heard Sirius chuckle. Well, now I'm really worried. There was a sigh and a pause. He's here. That's excellent. Fabric shuffled as a coat was likely tugged off and the tap of a cane echoed down the hall. You alright with the stairs? A pause. Go have a lie down. I'll bring up a cuppa. Another pause, followed by the sound of fabric rustling. And the stairs creaked as feet climbed them and Sirius made his way back into the kitchen and twitched on the kettle. Who's that? Harry asked. Oh, Sirius exhaled, casually leaning against the counter, and twirling a spoon between his fingers. Remus. Ah, Harry replied stupidly. He's visiting. Again, Sirius's lips tugged in sly amusement as his index finger rubbed his bottom lip in thought. Er, no. He grabbed an empty cup from the cupboard and studied it in his hands. Lives here, actually. Harry shrugged. That's nice. He's missed at school." Yep, the man replied, popping the p. think he quite like teaching you idiots. Silence once again hung heavily between them until the kettle beeped, the cup was made, and Sirius was off down the hall and up the stairs. When Sirius returned to his seat at the table, Harry's tea was cold, and he couldn't take it anymore. "'Tell me something.' Sirius's head shot up in surprise as Harry's voice broke the thick quiet. Like what? Like, I don't know, like about you all in school together, Harry said. You and Lupin are still friends. I'm sure you've been reminiscing together. What's a favorite story of yours? Now Sirius was smiling unabashedly. James was the same, no beating around the bush. See, like that. Harry replied exasperatedly. I know nothing about what you all were like when you were my age. All right. Sirius sat back in his chair, rubbing a slender finger along his bottom lip in thought. I wouldn't say it's a favorite but looking back I do find it rather hilarious. Harry set aside his cold tea and clasped his hands on the table, settled in for a story with ears keen and eyes bright. Our fifth year, James and I got back from Quidditch practice and found Remus pacing our dorm room. He's always had an affinity for chocolate, you see, and it appeared he'd eaten a few from an odd-looking box. So, we walk in and Remus is all flustered and babbling on about love and other sappy shit, sorry, crap, and I shake him by the shoulders until he explains himself and he states that he's in love with our friend, Marlene, and that he has to go find her. Harry laughed. Oh, that's brilliant. Not to me. I was fuming. How come? asked Harry. Er, well, you know, Sirius stuttered. Obviously this was a cruel prank, and while I was rather clever at most things, potions was a weak point. So, unfortunately, we had to ask my brother for help. Regulus? "Mm Hmm. Sirius hummed. We were closer that year. The year before I left. But, anyways, Mooney wouldn't stop waxing poetically, going on and on about Marlene's gorgeous, silky hair and her huge eyes and how mean she was, fun fact, Remus has an affinity for difficult people. I certainly do, interrupted a voice. Remus Lupin's slim form darkened the doorway into the kitchen as he shakily leaned on his cane. How are you, Harry? Brilliant he replied with a smile. Remus was a bit pale and a few new scars lined his face, but his eyes were warm and kind as he patted Harry's arm and glanced up at his very good friend. Sirius darted up from his seat, but Remus waved a hand. Settle down, Sirius, he said with a soft smile. I can manage a chair. how things been, asked Harry, repeating the question he had posed to Sirius earlier. And then Remus reenacted the same, sly smirk that Sirius so famously wore. All right. Had a rough full the other night, added Sirius as he returned Remus's gaze. Something warm like summer flickered across his expression, though Harry couldn't quite place the emotion behind it. I'm grand, he sighed, settling into a seat across from Sirius. Just here for story time. Sirius wagged a finger at the boy. Harry, never trust an Irishman when they say they're grand. He broke out into a sneaky grin. They're either having the best day of their life, or they're at death's door. Remus chuckled as he crossed his arms. So, what are we reminiscing about today? He's telling me about the time you were pranked with a love potion, said Harry. Ah, Remus said with a subtle, knowing smirk. Likely one of the worst days of Sirius's life. Harry quirked a brow, expecting an explanation. He'd never get one, as Sirius coughed awkwardly before launching back into the story. So, we dragged Mooney's love-stricken arse, sorry, behind, down to the Slytherin dungeons and Reg was only too eager to help out. Cranky bastard, chuckled Remus. The crankiest, Sirius laughed softly. But he whipped up a tonic in no time and Remus was right as rain. Well, no, actually he was rather blue after he'd regained his sanity. Moons, remember how you clung to me, like a swooning damsel?" Harry laughed wholeheartedly at that imagery. The stoic Remus Lupin. With his arms thrown over his mate? Hilarious. I most certainly do not, Remus replied, adjusting his jumper, and refusing to meet anyone's eyes. But I remember you kept a close watch from then on whenever Marlene and I even glanced at each other." Sirius coughed awkwardly, shifting in his chair. Yes, well, had to be sure Reg hadn't fucked up, sorry, messed up, the potion. Remus hummed, resting back in his seat with a slight grimace but gaze full of, something unsaid. Something heavy, weighted like the silence had been between Harry and his godfather, layered with rich past and unnavigable future. A deep, cavernous history settling into every word they shared, every glance and smirk. Feeling all right, asked Sirius, his tone trying for casual but failing as Remus shifted uncomfortably in his seat once more. Gray, fine, he chuckled softly. Think I'll call it a night, though. He stood slowly as Sirius darted up from his chair and let Remus lean on his shoulder until he had his cane and his bearings. Remus let his free hand travel down Sirius's jumper and settle at the small of his back as Sirius leaned his head in towards Remus's neck and whispered something Harry couldn't make out. But the two of them parted quickly as Remus shuffled out, throwing Harry a quick, good night and making his way up the stairs. Oh, if the guest room's taken, I've no problem with the couch," Harry said, feeling uneasy at the thought of being an inconvenience. Sirius coughed once more, sitting back down and casually studying his fingers. Ah, that won't be necessary. Harry was, once again, a bit confused. I thought you said there were only two bedrooms that were fit for human habitation. Er, yes, did say that didn't I? Sirius focused his gaze on the crackling fire. Well, er, Lupin and I share. Harry's eyebrows knitted in confusion. But he tallied everything up, everything. Every photo he'd ever seen of his dad and his friends always depicted Sirius and Remus joined at the hip. Then, two years ago, their embrace in the shrieking shack. Their playful digs and quips, perhaps more than merely friendly. And then there was the story Sirius had just told. And the way Remus's hand had just touched his back assuredly, gently, fondly. The cups of tea and questions and Sirius's fretting. Sirius Black was terrifying and brilliant, but a fretter. Oh. So, Harry began slowly. You too. Sirius smiled warmly, the corners of his eyes tugging up as if they were also smiling. Yeah. How did, when you were in school. And now, still. Always, he stated. Harry nodded, still unraveling all he knew, all he'd witnessed, all he'd heard and seen over the past couple of years. How does that work? Sirius hummed in thought, his finger once again traveling up to his lip. I love Remus like James loved Lily, he stated. And how you might love someone one day. again. Harry nodded. Would you mind telling me some more stories tomorrow? Sirius smiled brightly, rising from his seat and stretching his arms as he cleared the table of their mugs and wrapped an arm around Harry's shoulder. I'd love to, he said as they reached the stairs. I'm made of stories. Chapter 2, Darling Harry was quite delighted by how things had fallen perfectly into place lately. While the world outside was cruel, he had people to fall back on. While life was tough and he had to become tough to live it, he never had to be anything other than a boy under the roof of Twelve Grimauld Place. No, there he could just be Harry, a kid of fifteen with poor eyesight and unruly hair, who loved his friends, his godfather, and his godfather's very good friend. Of course, he was well aware of the extent of their friendship, or, rather, where the thread of their friendship ended and the red ribbon of their relationship began. There were jokes traded and memories recalled in front of the grand fireplace in the sitting room of the dreary home. The warm, amber light chased the murky shadows and bleak history from every corner of the home as Sirius's bright laugh and Hermione's hidden amusement washed over the gathering. Harry and Ron were stretched out on the carpet as Hermione relaxed in an armchair, hugging a pillow and using it to hide her smile. Remus was stretched out on the settee, his legs swung over Sirius's lap as Sirius rubbed his hands along his shins. Every once in a while, he'd poke a finger through a hole in Remus's worn socks, which would grant him a playful kick as Remus cocked a brow and swatted his shoulder. Harry and his friends had arrived earlier that afternoon and were waiting on Ron's family to join them tomorrow. And he was delighted by the idea of all his favorite people under the same roof. Sirius was slightly less enthusiastic about the idea of Molly Weasley's visit. Remus was stoic and quiet as usual, though Sirius had divulged to Harry that Remus tended to save his unsavoury thoughts for when the two of them were alone. Since the summer, when Harry had come to live with Sirius and his very good friend, everything had become clear to him. Sirius loved Remus the way his dad had loved his mum, how Mrs. Weasley loved Mr. Weasley, and how Harry might one day love someone. And now, the weighted glances, the jokes they traded, and even the smirks they shared were easily translated by Harry. As if he was now privy to a language only the two of them spoke, and while he wasn't yet fluent, he picked up quite a bit of their silent conversations. For example, when Molly Weasley stepped through their front door the next morning, Harry noted the way Remus's grip on his cane grew tighter as his free hand tapped Sirius's shoulder lightly. Sirius looked absolutely pained as he returned Molly's hug and led her back through the hall and into the kitchen. "'Tea, dears?' she asked, setting down their bags on the table and searching in earnest for the kettle. "'Top shelf on the left,' said Remus as he settled into a chair. He still seemed a bit drained from the full last Saturday. But they both did nowadays." Sirius sat in the chair beside him, his black hair a bit less kept than usual, the plum color of exhaustion circling his bright eyes. But he smiled subtly, warmly, as Harry saw his arms shift under the table. And he would bet all the galleons in his Gringotts' vault that Sirius's hands were wrapped around those of his very good friend. Harry and Ron sat across from his godfather as Hermione grabbed mugs from the cupboard and scurried around the tiny kitchen. Mr. Weasley came through and settled into a seat at the head of the long table. How've things been, he asked, gesturing toward Sirius. Since the last meeting, Sirius leaned back in his chair, seeming quite a bit more relaxed. But that was how Mr. Weasley operated, always quick to diffuse tension and eager to bring smiles to faces. Quite well, Sirius replied, a smile tugging at his lips. And it's great to have Harry here, we've missed him pestering us with questions and his zero know-how. Harry laughed but noticed Remus grimace and shift uncomfortably in his seat at that word. We. We have. Well, you can't expect him to be an expert, added Molly as she laid mugs of tea in front of them and Hermione took a seat. He was raised by muggles after all. And then all traces of Sirius's smile faded and shadows haunted the sharp features of his face, sweeping below his jutting cheekbones and dark brows. It was a joke, malls, Mr. Weasley supplied. Harry eyed Mrs. Weasley carefully. She was never anything but kind and generous to him. This passive tension was new, and Harry wondered how long it had existed between the four adults. And he didn't like it. So, he did what he always did. Serious, he asked, shaking the man from his glare. Would you two tell us a story? He asked Sirius and his very good friend to remember. To remember better times, good people, hilarious jokes, and fond memories. Of course, he replied, sitting up a bit and wrapping his hands around his steaming cup. Hmm, not sure where to start. Remus gently nudged his side with an elbow. Or rather, when. First year, offered Hermione, her smile kind and dark eyes bright. Molly sat down next to her husband as he wrapped an arm around the back of her chair. They were all settled in for a story, and Sirius was happy to oblige, and secretly grateful to Harry for diffusing the tension. It was just after the first full at Hogwarts, he began. Remus wasn't in class and Lily told me he was in bed ill. Of course, we barely knew each other at this point. All I knew about you and James was that you were spoiled, Arrogant and loud, chuckled Remus. Christ, were you too loud? Sirius patted his shoulder and smiled, his eyes focused on the cup of tea before him. We really were. But that morning I really tried to be quiet, sneaking up on you tucked up in bed. I definitely succeeded, you were pretty surprised to see me. That tends to happen when you wake up to an idiot pretending to hold a gun in your face, threatening violence unless you lick him. Harry nearly choked on his tea. I'm sorry, you what? Sirius laughed, rubbing his neck with a hand. I had gotten into a bit of trouble the night before and was supposed to have janitorial detention for the next week. So, being the genius I was, I figured if moo. Remus got me ill, I could skip out on punishment. Remus nodded slowly, sipping his tea and smiling discreetly. I said, no. Obviously, I wasn't ill in that sense. But he wouldn't fucking, sorry, he wouldn't let up. So, I licked his face. The group all laughed in shock, Ron coughing a bit and Molly wheezing Mr. Weasley beaming at all the smiles in the room. Of course, my plan didn't work, Sirius said. And I had detention all week. I don't know, Remus said softly, so quietly Harry could only just make out the words. Your long-term plan worked somewhat, didn't it? Harry saw Sirius's arms shift again under the table as Molly and her husband engaged Hermione and Ron in a discussion regarding academics. Your hip bothering you? Harry heard Sirius ask under his breath. He peeked discreetly under the table and sure enough, Sirius's palm and thumb were rubbing up and down Remus's thigh, circling his knee. Remus shook his head and sipped his tea casually as if they weren't even having a conversation. Legs fallen asleep though, he chuckled. Molly rose from the table and straightened out her jumper. Well, we'll bring our things upstairs and then I think we can get started on supper. Remus began to rise from his seat but Sirius quickly placed a hand on his shoulder, keeping him seated and grabbing his cup from his hand. I've got it, darling. And then the room went quiet as everyone froze in place. Harry swallowed awkwardly as he shifted in his seat. And then Molly Weasley walked around the table to Sirius, placing her hand over his and unwrapping the mug from his firm grip. She smiled softly, her eyes turning upwards as her free hand cupped his cheek. It then moved down to settle on Remus's shoulder. The two men stared at her, jaws slacked and eyes wide with uncertainty. I'll clean up, she said, taking their cups and heading towards the sink. Mr. Weasley smiled as he came up behind her and hugged her from behind, nestling his chin atop her shoulder. And Harry glanced at his godfather and his godfather's very good friend, both still frozen in shock. Harry tapped Sirius's shoulder, uncertain of what to do. Hermione was beaming, staring at the two of them while Ron scratched his head, seeming entirely confused as to what just happened. Let's head up, said Remus, rising from his chair as Sirius snapped out of his stupor and let Remus lean on his shoulder and he got his bearings. And Harry watched the two of them shuffle down the hall towards the stairs as he heard Remus mutter something along the lines of, Darling? Really? Chapter 3, Shadows and Gardens Remus Lupin would quite like to be okay. He'd even settle for all right. Fine would also be adequate. But he was not fine, alright, or even okay. Ten years later and he still felt it was all a facade. It had to be. Because Harry had survived the second war and done the unimaginable and gotten married and had a kid now. But most importantly, Remus Lupin had to be okay, alright and fine because his stepgodson was sitting across from him at the kitchen table in the worst home in London on the 10th anniversary. Bleak, cold, one could even call the house grim. Twelve Grimauld Place had been left to Remus, for God knows what reason. Remus didn't live there anymore, having moved into his dead mother's vacant home in County Mayo. But he came back to England every year in early spring, to air out the house, to catch up with old friends, and to sit and converse with Harry. To catch up on everything Remus had missed, on everything new and exciting and cheerful in Harry's life. And then Harry asked him what he always did when seated at the table with two cups of tea and a weighted history settled in the air between them. History that ran as deep as the soil outside, cavernous as it settled onto every word they spoke. A rich, long for past and an unnavigable future. Would you tell me a story? Remus crossed his arms and leaned back in his chair, a smirk forming despite it all. I'm sure you've heard them all by now. Harry chuckled and gripped his mug. He was an adult now. A proper one, with a five o'clock shadow, a nine to the five, and a gold wedding band on his finger. Remus swallowed back the bitter, metallic taste of jealousy, jealousy for all Harry had to look forward to the family, the children, the home. The smiles and stories and new memories they'd create together. But it was a happy sort of envy. Even if he'd never have anything of the sort, he'd wish it all for Harry. Of course he would. Harry was family. His only family, now. Tell me about him, Harry said softly, pulling the veil back and letting the bright light of rich past chase away the mournful shadows of twelve grim place. Something I don't know. Remus lifted his finger and traced his bottom lip, staring into space. His finger traced the new scar cutting through his lip. It wasn't as bad as some, but when he'd woken alone from a rough full-on scratchy floorboards in the attic with his lip bleeding, he thought of how it would have just given him another reason to kiss him. Oh, moons, this one's my new favorite. And that had hurt more than the cut slicing from his chin through his lip. More than his hip on rainy days. More than the thought of no new memories. He'd always done that, made him feel taken care of. It was a part of him that no one else save Harry was ever privy to, the generous heart and kind eyes and sweet words pouring from the lips of Sirius Black. Every syllable always intentional. To be loved by Sirius Black was special. I've got one, Remus said. Follow me. Remus trudged slowly up the creaking stairs with Harry hot on his trail as he led him out the back door into the tiny garden behind the bleak home. It was the opposite of grim old place. Warm and bright and green. Boxed vegetable beds lined the tall fences, with thick rose bushes along the sides and a bit of green grass trimmed neatly. A single Japanese maple stood to the side, a wooden bench laying beneath. I didn't even know this was here said Harry softly. Has it always been? Remus nodded heading towards the bench and easing himself down. I told him, I always wanted this to be the one spot of this terrible place untouched by magic. Harry nodded and sat down beside him. That's nice. I'd come out here a lot, especially when things got… Hellish, interjected Harry. Yes, yes. Harry looked up into the low weaving branches and scarlet and amber leaves. I like it out here. Feels nice. Remus nodded, crossing his arms, his finger coming back up to his lip. He used to taunt me, always charming my thumb green. Harry laughed softly, shaking his head and sitting back. Sounds like him. And then after. Harry nodded. After. I was packing up the house, closing the shutters and itching to just fucking burn the whole place down, if I'm being honest. And I came out here and took out my wand and tried to torch it all—the bench, the beds, this tree. But nothing would catch. I tried smashing it all, cutting down the tree. Nothing I did would make a dent. Harry scooted forwards on the bench. Why not? Remus smiled fondly because he'd cast a charm on it. Nothing can hurt it." Harry inhaled sharply, following it with a cough as if it had been the wind. Remus. Remus patted Harry's shoulder, nodded and forced his heart to stay light. He's still looking after things, ten years later. Harry patted Remus's shoulder in reply, gazing out at the warm, invisible magic surrounding the tiny garden. That also sounds like him. Finité. Thanks for listening to this text to speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.